Hello, listeners of the Calvary Cast, loyal friends, family members. Thanks for joining us on another exciting, exhilarating episode. I am Graham Parker, Associate Pastor of Calvary Bible Church. Across from me is Jess Miller, lead pastor. <laughs> With the freshly trimmed goatee, by the way. I did. Trimmed it down. Shaved it, shaved it down. It's getting too hot. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably just just something different, I guess. I don't know. When was the last time you were clean shaven? Oh, boy, I don't remember. Right. Oh, uh, I do remember South Carolina, Bob Jones University. Oh, I couldn't have any facial hair there. Mm, nope. Mm. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. That's one of the reasons we departed. But they have changed the <laughs> changed rules the rule since, since then. then. Yeah. yeah. Can you ride in the same elevator with a woman, though? I don't know. Or do I, they have separate stairway, stairwells? I don't think so. No, they didn't then. I don't think so. It's been um number of years. 14, 15 years from And you now. weren't like an undergrad. You no, weren't living I was in on seminary. campus and right. things like that. Yeah. But they had one of the and I hope they've changed some of this now, but the seminary for me was a bad choice to go mm-hmm. to and um part of that was because they weren't designed for people with families already mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff. It was still so attached to the undergrad. Mhm. And um, I was just going on the recommendation of someone else a lot and their leadership in that. And I, I wouldn't have made the same choice mm-hmm. now of seminaries for a, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. All me. that from us <laughs> commenting on your facial hair. Yeah. that <coughs> you, you know, you never know what's going to spring from a facial hair conversation. Is there really better conversation to have than a facial hair conversation? <laughs> Probably, yes. I don't know. Like, that, don't know, like the that. quote from Spurgeon about a beard and nothing more manly or godly. Than growing your than beard growing or whatever. A beard. Yeah. More natural, yeah. More natural, manly, beneficial, mm-hmm. and godly mm-hmm. than growing a beard. Mm-hmm. In the context, I think, for I just saw something on that. It was in his lectures to students, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong on this, but it was the idea that... Um, it, it was used as a natural warmer for the face and mm, neck or whatever. Mm. And so that was kind of... That's why I of. trim mine a little shorter in the summer. Mm-hmm. The question, though, is why don't you have a beard? I mean, what you have cannot be rightly considered a beard. No, and you know what? I've tried, and I don't like the pattern of my beard, for yeah. one. Two is I don't... I don't know. I just like my you face. Like, you like... It. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really... Uh, Right. Yeah. Like I. I don't know. I, I, like self infatuation I just like my face. Yeah. Well, with a goatee too, you get the you get kind of the best of go- both worlds because you get to shave and you feel that clean shave. See, I don't but you like, also see the beard there. I guess it's been so long since I've done that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd like that. I yeah. feel cold and naked, and I'd probably look really weird. You would for a day or two, but then people would get used to it. I'd be longer than that. I'd be a long time for me to get used to it. No, it just depends, you know, what you like. You have the, uh, as I heard one of the guys on the Babylon Bee say, you have the, like, early 2000s youth pastor facial hair. (laughs) Yes, there you go, where they could just start bringing it out or whatever. (laughs) Yep. I, well, this is... This is going way off the rails. But this is natural banter. It is. This is unplanned, but a natural, free-flowing conversation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is working. It is. Anyway, is that all your that you're going to say something else? But you don't have to if you don't. Want to. No, I. We can move on. All right, four minutes, and we are now transitioning into our topic of topic du jour. Okay. 
topic of the day, which is our book of the month for July, Delighting in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who first found this book? Was it you? Uh, so actually, this you wanted to get that book by Bruce Ware on mm-hmm. the Trinity, which mm-hmm. is no longer published. And it was right. like seventy dollars a copy, and we thought that's a little mm-hmm. much. Yeah. For, and I've learned more about the Trinity since then. I know why now that book is <laughs> no longer published. No longer pu- pu- uh, was published. Was it saying so. bad things about the Trinity? Well, that's where all we were talking about this earlier, all mm-hmm. the controversy um, line and the yeah, yeah. eternal subordination of the Son right, and right, those kinds right. of things. And then uh, some of his comments out of that book uh, that he makes about the Father mm. being... It's, it seemed like, cause, and I just had this because Chris was reading me some of these from his paper he wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I had ever read the book on the Trinity. I read his Big Truths for Young Hearts mm-hmm. book or whatever, and I appreciated what I read in there. Hmm. But this was talking more about how um, the Father seemed to be greater mm-hmm. in glory and essence mm. in the way he's writing it. Now, yeah. I, I would, uh, I would suspect that he didn't intend what he wrote right. to be that, but, but that's okay. That's one of the things with the Trinity though, like where you're trying to express some of these things, yep. you can em- make emphasize a point on one side and it can be misconstrued because right. you're trying to not allow something else to be. I know. And see, here's challenging. the thing. This is why the Trinity makes me nervous out of a yes. lot of the doctrines because it's like you can very quickly become a heretic and not even know <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that is very much the truth. It is because you, it's for one, it is beyond in, in, in some ways think mm-hmm. about the Trinity is, is it, it just bends our thinking yes. in ways that aren't comfortable to us. Yes. It's like, you know, going to yoga for the first time, you know, when you've been a couch <laughs> potato for 20 years and you go into yoga and you're going to feel like this isn't natural to me or whatever. Cause it's just hard. Yeah. It, it is. It's a, uh, he, we're trying to, we're trying to talk about, discuss, um, define, I guess somewhat, mm-hmm. uh, an infinite being beyond mm-hmm. comprehension. Mm-hmm. So doing that is tricky. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we came across this book. This was actually, I think, so I hit my cord here, recommended by my friend Isaac. So shout out to Isaac in case you're listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said that it had given him some good thoughts about God. He had th- things he had never thought about before. So we grabbed a copy and we each read it and we said, this is really good. Yeah, and really he, good. he he kind of helps with that because he actually yes. starts in the beginning like talking about what we're saying. Like everybody says that training yes. is impossible, which it, which it is, and yet... It what he has revealed, what God has revealed to us about Himself is designed for us to yes. know Him. Yes, that's and 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 that's what like as Christians we worship the God of the Bible, but you can't worship the God of the Bible if you don't know Him. Right. And He has revealed Himself as one God in three persons, triune. And so it is the duty of the Christian to try and get down to what does this mean and how does this uh, how do I worship God in this way? Yep. So I think that's where uh. Delighting in the Trinity is really helpful. Uh, just for the, our listeners, if you're hearing white noise in the background, it's the fan and the swamp cooler, and we're not shutting it off because it's hot. It is very hot. So do not, uh, do not, that's what that is. Right. So let's talk about the book a little bit. Okay. Should we? Yeah, I think we should. What were, so we want people to read this, but we could just give our brief takeaways, best things that we enjoyed uh, or learned Go. 
couple things for me. First okay. of all, uh, and I'm just speaking in generalities now. I'm not even really right. bringing out much of the detail of it. And like we said, you can read that or maybe you'll bring out some more detail. Mm-hmm. But the title, uh, Delighting oh. in the Trinity, an introduction to the Christian faith. Let me break that up into two parts of why I like I like this. how you just started on the title. You're like, let me bring out the most basic thing about the book. <laughs> I like the title. Yes. You wouldn't even have to read it. You're like, let me review this book. The title is really good. Right. But I, the reason I like it is because uh, we should be fostering delight in the Trinity. It shouldn't be something that we're afraid of yeah. or that... Um, you know, like we're like, oh, the Trinity is just beyond my thinking. So let's let's think about something else, or be content and not, you know, study much. Or the well, you don't find the word Trinity in the Bible, so right, that kind of because that word is a problem for some people. Because yep. yeah, but the the idea of delighting in God is what we should be pursuing, mm-hmm. and I can say that the way in which he writes this, like just you know, some people have a different way of writing and yeah. that, that's helpful in, in this area, almost devotional, I guess. Um, and then bringing out aspects of the personableness of God that, um, you know, really it's, I, I found it helpful to my soul, yeah, you know, I so, thought so too. So delighting in the Trinity, I like that. But then the idea of an introduction to the Christian faith, which is interesting because we don't, maybe we don't think about this enough, but a basic of the Christian faith, an introduction of the Christian faith is an introduction to God in Mm. his triuneness. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a basic fundamental element of true Christianity. And there can't be, and what he does a good job of bringing out, God isn't God apart from uh, the triune triune God. And the Christian faith couldn't be what it is. Salvation in the way God has done it unless he was triune. And that's why Christianity is so different from every other world religion. And Mm -hmm. it's rooted in the inherent character of who God is. Right. Yeah. And so so that, I really appreciated that. Um, The, some of the, just the details of the book and getting, you know, the, the idea that um, the eternality of God, the Father, Son, and Spirit. And, uh, of course, I understood, knew that before or whatever, but the, the thought of he's always the Father. Because, you know, I've always, you know, we open up our Bible to Genesis 1, and we read, in the beginning, God created. So we, we maybe are used to orienting our thinking towards God as creator first and foremost. But before he was creator in eternity past, he's Father, and that right. I don't know why that struck me so much, but that um, th- that eternal nature of who. So even as he quotes in here from John Calvin, the idea that when we're looking at nature, we're supposed to be reflecting on God's fatherliness mm-hmm. in how He governs His creation yep. and us. I think that was the probably the biggest point for me too. That is just in that first chapter where he's talking talking about God as our Father, thinking of Him first because that's eternally what He was, not Creator or ruler. And I think the difference is because of that, the, it, and he talks about the, the fatherly nature, like we're invited into that, like mm-hmm. we enjoy him as father. Right. Um, if you think of God first as a judge, mm-hmm. right, That that's a different uh, view or understanding of God. Right. right. And that's, as he points out, that's not who he has eternally been. Mm-hmm. But we do want to make sure that we... You know, and this is, you and I talked about this before. The idea is, though, 
you cannot relate to God as Father. Right. Unless you are in Christ His yes. Son. Because if you are outside of Christ, right. um, then that is not the case. You do not have this relationship with God as Father. Right. And I think, too, we talked about when we were, we were both reading through this, because that first chapter, when he's talking about especially God as Father, it, there, there are parts of it, the, not cringe is not the right mm-hmm. word, but you're like, is he placing too much of an emphasis on this at mm-hmm. the expense of other attributes mm-hmm. or how God has revealed himself? Mm-hmm. And as he works through the book, I think you go, no, I don't I don't right, think he's doing right. that. I think you, you really see he, where his argument is going. So if people get into that and like, why is he diminishing God as creed? And that's not the right word. Diminishing is not the right word. But why is he emphasizing the fatherliness of mm-hmm. God over mm-hmm. these other aspects at the beginning? Yeah. So stick with it. Um, I thought the other thing too that he that he was that I that I thought was interesting was he was talking about uh, the triune nature of God as opposed to single person gods, right? Like all the and he talks about gods of other religions like Muhammad or whatever. The fact that they are uh, single person means that they are by nature selfish, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. they they need other creatures to worship them. Mm-hmm. Uh, love is not an overflowing thing out of them, where mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have eternally existed in this wonderful nat- nature of love. Right. They didn't need, creation doesn't add anything to who God is. Mm-hmm. So the uh, we are just experiencing that overflow. I think he talks about the, some uses a phrase, something in the fountain is, the Father is like an overflowing flood of love to us mm-hmm. and we are recipients of that right so um your understanding of the trinity is really uh, important there um yeah i think those are kind of the big things for me anything else for you yeah for as far as this book you know not necessarily we won't I, i'm not gonna bring out anything any more detail but just those are really good things and even as i'm just thumbing through it right now i can see tons of highlights mm-hmm. and underlines that i made so i think if you read it you know um if you work through it, I think you'll find different things. And actually I've read a lot of it twice. Um, Mm. not the whole book, but a lot of it twice. And, uh, I plan to read it again. I, I mean, to read it all twice. And part of that is too, because I'll, I'll mention this now in, um, Sunday or our, in September, our Sunday evening programs will jump back in. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have a five o'clock, um, study here at the church Mm -hmm. and I'll be teaching, that and I think we're well. I don't think I know. We're going to start with mm-hmm. discussing the Trinity and talking about that, and then um, we're going to um, look at some of the historical development of that within the yeah. Christian Church, which I found fascinating to be reviewing back over that this summer and um, thinking about you know what evolved into the Nicene Creed and then the Athanasian Creed and these that just talked specifically about the uh, the Trinity and even in the ideas that this doctrine of the Trinity has been attacked, you know, starting with Arian and uh, Arianism, Sabellianism. Those are two things that we'll talk about in that class, but seeing how then using those God helped the church come together and kind of craft right. a definitive statement about who God is, as much as we can know from Scripture. Right. The, the Orthodox, this is what the church universally, to be Orthodox, you need to believe these things about God as he has revealed himself in the Bible and yep. those creeds and whatnot help condense some of those things down. Yeah. Yeah, so, in it, you know, I was thinking about, for some, they think about, wow, this is, this is really going to make my 
my mind hurt to think about training <laughs> that. But it did. You know, Jesus said in quoting from the Shema, but he said, uh, um, the greatest command is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and then he uses the word mind. Mm. And our minds should be given to, as, you know, as much as we can, the contemplation, the study, mm-hmm. being willing to exercise our minds yeah. and thinking, knowing the fruit will come. Right. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap the Spirit. And yeah. I think... And that's maybe what we can talk about here for a minute. Like how has thinking about the Trinity, Mm. maybe as this book is a springboard, Mm. okay, for you, me, how has that borne fruit Mm. even in any any attention we've given to it with our minds? How has that borne fruit in our in our lives or ministries? Is that a question? Yeah, maybe we could just throw that out. Um I so I was thinking about because I've been thinking about the nature of Trinitarian worship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and on a Sunday morning, yeah, that our worship should be Trinitarian, right? We are worshiping the Father through the Son. We worship the Son as we exalt Jesus. The Father is glorified, and it is the work of the Spirit that enables us to do that. It is the Son that is making our worship acceptable to the Father. Uh, it is the spirit that is opening our eyes to see Jesus and understand the word. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that when we understand the, the Trinity and we're thinking deeply about it, we should understand, like, on a, I just say for a Sunday morning, that's what's happening. Yeah. You're more in tune to it, right? Right. You're more conscious of Trinitarian right. worship. Right. Right. And uh, I think that for me as well, and even in um, praying, mm-hmm. you're conscious of praying to the Father in the name of the Son. Right. You even understand the Spirit's aiding you yes. in this, and um, I think it just has helped me become more aware of of God in as who mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. in in my life. So, and and I think there's when you understand too the roles of each member of the Trinity. Yeah. Right, so say in prayer or just in life in general, if I understand that the Father has ordained and decreed and willed that things should happen, and I understand we're getting a a phone call, somebody calling in the studio, they (laughs) want to input as well. When I understand the the Father's work, and then I understand the work of the Son, especially in terms of salvation and forgiveness and His uh, interceding and advocating for me now, like I... I rejoice over that, and then I understand the Spirit's work of conviction in my heart and applying mm-hmm. these things, and the Spirit is uh, exalting Jesus, and as Jesus is uh, exalted, the Father is glorified, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And, and so I'm thinking about that like as I read my Bible in the morning mm-hmm. and as I pray, mm-hmm. uh, all of those things. So a Trinitarian focus. Your prayer and your devotion, your worship can become right. more personable yes. with God. Because what it, what do you, like sometimes instead of just saying, you know, God help me today not to sin. Yeah. Okay. You could be saying, Father I want to glorify you by not sinning. Mm-hmm. Um, you love me as your child. You've yeah. adopted me yeah. into your family. Thank you for Jesus who yeah. never sinned. Help me to get my eyes on Jesus and by your spirit produce the fruit in me mm-hmm. of love and self-control so mm-hmm. that I don't sin because you know it's the spirit's empowerment right. as you're looking to Jesus right. and you're praying to the Father for this. I mean, it 
it enriches your yes. relationship with who he is. Because uh, like so many times, I think uh, if people don't, if you don't understand this, right, you're praying to a generic God, right, uh, an impersonal, just other force out there, essentially, right. If you don't understand God as He has revealed Himself in the Bible, yeah, or you do things like, you know, you you could wrongly worship God and attribute, you know things to the sun that right, yeah. you know, you're not, not doing it. You know? The cliche answer to that, I just heard a message the other day, a lecture actually was what it was, is somebody praying, you know, Father, you know, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for <laughs> my sins. You right. Know, or whatever. Or, or pray things like Daddy Jesus or Father Jesus. Or yeah, something like that. right. That would not be nope. appropriate. No, we, you know, and so the more we think about who God is, the more our relationship with him is going to grow and our relationalness with him is going to grow. We're going to be more conscious of him in his, in our lives and more appreciation of each of the roles and Mm -hmm. functions of, you know, in Ephesians one, as he as Paul introduces that salvation song to the Ephesians, he talks about the yes. Father choosing, you know, the Son redeeming and mm-hmm. the Spirit sealing, yep. you know, and they each, they were, they are one, mm-hmm. but they each as distinct persons within the one Godhead fulfilled roles for us, yeah. you know, fulfilled saving um, activities on yeah. our behalf. So I don't know. It's, it's really neat. It's it's very practical is right. what we're trying to yep. to say. This is not some esoteric theological argument. It's very practical. It's very de- devotional. Yep. And uh, so going back to Reeves' book, that's why it's so helpful is he helps you understand the theological, biblical arguments for it, but then says this is really practical as well. Very practical. I was just going to read this, this from James White. So as people are thinking about the Trinity, okay. he says, if we wish to know God truly— we must be willing to allow him to reveal to us what he wants us to know, and he must be free as to how he wants to reveal it. He has given us a treasure trove of truth about him, but he has not deemed it property to reveal everything there is to know, if such is even possible. So we've got to be willing as we go into scriptures to let God just reveal himself to as he is, you know, and he is triune and... And yet we also have to accept a limitation on what we get to know. And we don't want to cross too much into speculation. And that's where like all like bad theology right. <laughs> comes yeah. from is people going kind of off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> and we're trying to... Um, and the, yeah, the very first one, the 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 idea that, that uh, the sun, how could it logically be this right. three and one? And so the sun must be a created being somewhat lesser than God. Right. Arianism and um, and or or modalism yeah. or Sabalianism, whereas it's it's God, it's God's three faces, how he appears to to us or what have you, mm-hmm. sometimes as the father, sometimes as the son, sometimes as the spirit modalism is yeah. a is a, a, a heresy as well. So it's one of those things like we have to about allow God to just say who he is and we accept that and then accept limitations on what fully we can know. Right. Yep. So. Perfect. Well, let's stop it there. We'll do another podcast some other time on uh, maybe some of the, the biblical arguments for the Trinity. I think we could just say for people uh, to, to sum it up in short, one, you see scripture very clearly saying that God is one. Mm-hmm. 
It's very clear that we worship one God, monotheistic. But then we see the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and each of them are divine. Right. Right? And uh, you see how they work together, and they're yeah. co-equal, co-eternal in power and glory, as one of the confessions says, something yep. like that. So yeah. we'll do another podcast on that next time. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Well, Always say maybe. That way it doesn't seal us into a... Right. Let your maybe be maybe. Let your yes be yes, your <laughs> no say. be no, and your maybe be maybe. Yeah. And in the podcast <laughs> world, we can say, yes, we'll do that, and then not do it. It won't be lying. It'll just be... We have the freedom to change things with our podcast. Plus, I don't, I don't know if I want to take all of my l- first lessons for the That's class true. and put them in here. And then okay, so then we won't do that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then you come on Sunday night, and you can go. Okay, I want to hear more about this. Right, starting in September. Starting in September. If all you right. come this Sunday night, you, you'll be early. You'll just have to wait for two more months. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, we hope this conversation's been helpful for you today. Again, our goal is to help the people of Calvary Bible Church follow Christ by becoming better readers and students of the Bible. If you're not a part of our church, our hope and prayer is that our conversations will help you love the scriptures more and serve your local church better. We'd love to hear from you, get feedback on what we've discussed, or you can send us topics on things you'd like us to discuss. So you can email us at thecalvarycast@gmail.com, or if you're part of our church, just come up and talk to us, send us a text, or give us a phone call. In Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.